0: Welcome. We are Chronicles of Fiction. Yes, we are. He's looking at me really <laughs> awkwardly. Yeah, because I'm
1: still not used to doing the intro. It's all new <laughs> to me. Um, speaking of, we have new music at the beginning. New
0: music, which I already forgot what it sounds like.
1: Yes, uh, but if you're interested in the music because it's super cool, that's actually a segment yes. of a like whole song. We will credit the musician at the end. <laughs> so <laughs> stay tuned his, do i do name? remember his name West and actually West West. it's oh, right here right lucas now. king yeah lucas king so
0: yeah uh we were looking through music and i might start listening to those while i'm writing because they are super cool
1: good writing music i've used his yes. stuff in my soundtracks before too for those of you who uh, yes
0: that's where you get your music
1: yes yeah, so <laughs> context for people who have no idea who i am um, oh
0: yeah gareth ordained
1: right yes uh when I write books, I also make soundtracks for them. So those are on my Wattpad books usually, um, and that's what I was talking about. I've used Lucas King's stuff in my soundtracks yes. before.
0: See, that answers so many questions because I would like sit there and watch your stuff, and I'm like, "What? Where on Spotify are you finding these things?" No, I'm because just an
1: amazing composer. I, can't I, I make my own music for everything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, <I> <laughs> I'm you, nowhere but near you don't that. I have a
0: lot of rhythm. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we're going to read, as in we as in him, because as y'all know, I cannot read to save my life. Um, but we're going to read Green Scholar Tales Undying.
1: Right? Yes, we are. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: actually, tell them where exactly they can find that, because it's not oh, right. actually its own book. Yeah,
1: so Green Scholar Tales, uh, that's her Wattpad name. Um, but it's in a book called A Thousand Dreams Tales of Middle Earth. I can't talk. I didn't even say that right. Uh, it's Tales of Middle-Earth. Um, it's like a compilation. I think of all of her contra- contest entries and then maybe a maybe couple other things. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, But they're all really good, so I recommend reading all of them. Um, but we're going to do this one because it was the final winner in our contest.
0: That was years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, it was about a year ago. Because the last episode right. that we posted... I think it was
1: June. Was, I think it was June yeah. of last year. Something like that. Yes. But anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and dive into it. Is My
0: it still p- recording?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Oh, we're using new programs, too. I made that mistake, yeah. though. We right.
0: Sister and I, our first, ep- first or second episode, we recorded all the way through, only to realize that we were just talking to Ouch. ourselves. That's was pain. very painful. You know, and when
1: you don't record, it's probably when it's the actual best quality. Like It there.
0: was! It was a freaking awesome <laughs> episode. Sad. And yeah, we lost it all. That is a As shame. In we never had it to begin with. Right. So.
1: So anyway, uh, we're going to dive into this. My pronunciation is going to be awful, um, because even though I have a decent amount of knowledge of Lord of the Rings, I still don't know how to pronounce anything. Um, well, because when
0: you're reading to yourself, it doesn't matter, and that's typically what you reading that's fiction. Yeah. you're reading it to yourself. I'm
1: sure if you could, like, dive into my mind and hear what it sounds like when I'm reading stuff, it's Super just... Super epic? No, it's just awful. It's <laughs> like, everything is mispronounced, and it's just terrible. Um, <laughs> I wish it was epic. No, but I tried to uh, narrate, like, an audiobook version of one of my books.
0: It was very good. I didn't
1: think so. She did. Um,
0: he added, like, background stuff. Yes. Sound effects. That's what it is.
1: Right. So, hopefully... Some of that can seep over into this. Mm -hmm. Um, It probably won't, though, because I had to record that, like, a sentence at a time. So, like, I'd record a sentence, and then I'd pause (laughs) it, and then I'd record the next sentence, because I can't read. So, anyway.
0: You and me both.
1: Yes. So, let's
0: make a podcast about reading.
1: (laughs) Right. Yes. The thing we're not good at. Yes. All right. So, I'm going to start now. Let's
0: do this. Go.
1: All right. It is called Undying, A Story of Rune. And it was the winner of the distant lands contest those who worship Morgoth lord of all believed in three things freedom passion and the promise of life eternal through Morgoth all of these gifts were possible the temples strewn across rune like seeds in a fertile garden taught the faithful this and so much more besides it was at the temple of Morgoth that Marquise first found both her freedom and passion and I don't know if I got that name right um It's got that little, like, what is it called? Upside-down V. Yeah, it's like the, um...
0: My uneducated self.
1: I think it's like the delta symbol or whatever, but it's like a little triangle thing. It's like an arrow. But it's above the letter, and I don't quite know what that means, but I assume it's like a, like a... I don't know what it is. It's what I I don't know. I
0: barely, barely graduated high school. Right. So.
1: And my college education was meaningless.
0: (laughs) College... (laughs) it's overrated but that's a different conversation different
1: conversation for a different political podcast (laughs) Um, anyway back to the book marquise's life before the temple had been meaningless as without worth as that of a stray dog or pigeon born the child of a bod in the sand district of Morgothron, capital of rune she by rights should have expected no better than her mother's lot in life One day, though, when Marquise was begging on the steps outside the temple, a priest of Morgoth had noticed her and brought her inside. It was an easy decision. Forget everything and everyone, and in doing so, start anew. Thus began Marquise's life as an acolyte of Morgoth. Some called it serving the lord of all, but after twelve years spent scrubbing the floors of the brothel and anticipating the day when it would be her turn to replace her mother upstairs, entering the temple felt like being set free. Every morning for ten years, Marquis faithfully awoke before dawn.
0: <sighs> Poor
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> we didn't either. get
0: up until
1: one p.m. No. But, two. Oh well, yeah, but it's different mm. because
0: yeah, we work night shifts and quarantine right, things,
1: so we have an excuse. But anyway, <laughs> um, she joined the other acolytes, priests, and priestesses in lighting the incense, making the offerings, and chanting the prayers. They were usually joined by everyday folk, some local to Rhone, and others from beyond the city walls. Sometimes even a Khan and his loyal guard would attend the morning prayers at the temple. Rich or poor, young and old, their voices rose in an eerie, soaring chorus to the painted ceilings in a way that always left Marquis shivering with delight. The statue of Morgoth listened calmly to the chanting of his followers, nearly twenty feet tall and carved from volcanic glass which gleamed like moonlight on water morgoth's image was both beautiful and frightful sometimes Marquise imagined that she could see the lord of all's graven face move through the swirling curtain of incense smoke between herself and him that was a really good description yeah. of that statue i like that um another note though i also really appreciated that um green scholar tales used some of my lore <laughs> this is like a super selfish thing um <laughs> But, since Rune's not really a place that there's a ton of lore on, um, I actually created a bunch of stuff for it, like Morgothrone is actually a thing that I made, um... Oh. Yeah, it's not real, (laughs) technically. Um, I did tons of research, and there isn't actually, like, Tolkien didn't have a capital of Rune at all.
0: Oh, he was just like, and here's the desert!
1: Right. It's just nothing beyond that. Um, but... No, so actually a lot of people use... I think it's Lord of the Rings Online for their canon. Um, and the capital nice. of Rune then is Mistrand. But I didn't really mm-hmm. want to do that, so I created my own capital. And I really appreciate the Green Scholars <laughs> use that.
0: You're so proud! I'm
1: super proud. Um, yeah, it's my little contribution to Middle-earth. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It was also through Morgoth that Marquise found her passion. One afternoon, while feeding the temple dogs, great wolf breeds which tended toward their wild siblings, one of the dogs had bitten her. The wound had bled fiercely, and Marquise rushed inside with the altar at the front of the temple in mind. Blood was a potent offering for the lord of all, and Marquise had sat herself down at the foot of Melkor's statue with a bowl in her lap. The scarlet drops fell from her wrist with a soft pitter-patter like rain. It was a soothing sound, and between that, the bite, and the heady scent of incense, marquis soon found herself lightheaded well the loss of blood itself would probably do that <laughs> um when
0: did it bite her wrist
1: it sounds like that yeah or her yeah. arm maybe um yeah it, it's yeah. falling from her wrist so Ooh, that's a nasty place to get bit when she eventually went to stand and place her offering at melkor's feet the temple swam before her eyes and went dark The next thing Marquise knew, she was blinking up at the darkly glinting gold spirals on the temple ceiling. Like a midnight sun, Marquise thought groggily. Then she realized that her head was resting in someone's lap, and that her wrist had been bound with a silken scarf. A young man leaned over her, and his dark curls shone as beautifully as the obsidian stone in Morgoth's statue. Someone's in love!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got a crush! (laughs)
1: There was concern in his angular eyes and a touch of a smile hollowing dimples out of his cheeks. No, Marquise decided, this was her midnight son. I was right. It's been a year since I've read this and I was still right. She and Bori were married beneath the all-seeing gaze of Morgoth, and his family gave a fattened kine for the ceremonial sacrifice. The other acolytes asked Marquise if she would be leaving the temple now. Her answer was no. She and Bori agreed that, if he could be both husband and Khan's guard, that she could be both wife and priestess. Besides, she whispered to Bori beneath their wedding sheets later that night, how could I turn away from the Lord who repaid my offering with the gift of you? One thing I really like about this book, or the, it's not a book, it's a short story, story, but it kind of shows a different perspective of, like, the bad guys in Lord of the Rings, because, yeah. like, well, because these people think that Morgoth is the good guy, Right. And in everything else Middle-Earth, he's, like, the evilest evil thing. Yes. But then these normal people over here see him as kind of a benefactor, and I think that's kind of cool that this is... Yeah, well, because
0: it it kind of opens up that whole world of of, who these people are. They're not just... Because you kind of picture me, bad guys are just, like, bad by default. Yeah, they're faceless evil people. But, yeah, it kind of shows them as not...
1: Right. Well, and it's, it's like that line in the actual book where Faramir is talking about the Haradrim guy that died. You know, maybe he wasn't truly oh, evil. Oh, yes. Um, but, like, these people grew up with Morgoth being the good guy, so they know nothing else.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, when rumors of conflict in the West became an outright war... Marquis and Bori knew, without hesitation, that they would do their parts to serve. Morgoth's servant, Sauron, was leading and raising an army in his stead, and under the eye's fiery command, the East would soon, at long last, defeat the West. Marquis shuddered to hear of the pale-faced lords who held sway in the West. They were a terrible people, in no small, small part, because they honored the false god, Eru Ilúvatar, and his minions, the Valar. So that's... Kind of And then now that. the
0: Valor will forever, will, will forever be yellow, one-eyed, overall-wearing things. What? <laughs> well, because she's a minions. Oh! oh <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't even catch that. <laughs> wow.
0: I am 12.
1: <laughs> yes. Mm. But no, so this kind of furthers that thing we were talking about, though, to where, like, they see all the people in the West as, like, the evil, creepy, faceless yes. bad guys that worship this evil being.
0: Yes, but they obviously haven't seen aragorn because i love you (laughs) he's hot though (laughs) i love you
1: (laughs) moving on again um to even speak the name of eru and rune was punishable by death upon the altar of morgoth and rightly so after all it was the accursed eru who had unfairly bestowed eternal life upon only his chosen people the elves that's interesting that actually was kind of unfair
0: actually yeah that's actually a fair point
1: see the easterlings were the good guys all along that's why i wrote about them (laughs) to show that they were right all along no i'm kidding that was the third promise to morgoth to his faithful morgoth promised the chance to be forever young and whole few had ever proved themselves worthy of such a gift but there were rumors of a priestess living in the temple of the moon to the north who was over 600 years old Man, she must look creepy. All from Klee and <laughs> stuff. Ugh. Well, it did say eternal youth, though, so maybe...
0: Maybe she hot, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's not true. Maybe they just replace maybe her yes. every time the old one dies. And it's her, sort of, you know...
0: It's <laughs> creepy, but could, like, make an interesting story.
1: Well, it's like in Greece, where they had the oracle have you ever heard of the oracle
0: no remember i failed high school (laughs) right
1: she was this lady who basically saw the future and all the greek people would go talk to her to be like hey what's my future Mm. um but she was supposed to be eternally young but they just chose young ladies to replace her when she got too old
0: oh that's it was fake
1: So that's kind of probably what's going on here.
0: You had blonde hair the last time, I (laughs) think. I dyed it. I dyed it. (laughs) But your eyes, (laughs) contacts.
1: Everything is different. (laughs) I got plastic surgery. I
0: got a nose job, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But it looks worse. It was
1: failed. It was failed. (laughs) It was not eternal life that Marquise was thinking of when she bid farewell to Bori on the steps of the temple, though. Instead, it was of the midnight sunlight which always shone in his dark eyes. In the days between then and when the army might return. After Rune defeats the West, you and I will take Morgoth's word to the lake people of the north and the green hills of the Little Folk, Marquis. The Little Folk.
0: That's the Hobbits.
1: Is that what they're talking about?
0: The, well, green hills of the Little Folk. That's yeah. true. Yeah, so they're not saying they're going to wipe out
1: Well, so the hobbits. Well, they're but really but just
0: trying to wipe, well...
1: Well, but it says the Lake People of the North too, so those are like the dale men And then I was yeah. thinking the little folk meant like the dwarves, but I guess probably. Oh, not.
0: well, but it's Green Hills, not necessarily Mount. It could true. be both. It could be.
1: <laughs> well, see, I they always, might not even
0: really know the difference.
1: Well, I always like thought or figured that like everybody thought the hobbits were like fake; they weren't like real. Like they were that's like, a true. Mythical, that was kind of a, a mythical a thing. being, yeah. Yeah. Well, because even the Gondorians, when Pippin shows up, they're, they're like, like, they're what real. what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, so that's true.
0: So therefore, they're for their about dwarves. the yeah. dwarves,
1: But the dwarves probably wouldn't. Well, no, there were dwarves that worshiped Morgoth, too, but that's a whole nother story that we're not going to get into right now. But
0: we're going to get into later, because that's interesting. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just
1: ta- make a note of it, and I will talk about it afterward. Um,
0: I can't. I dropped my pen.
1: <laughs> I think she did it on purpose, guys. <laughs> uh, anyway... We'll build the temples of the lord of all, and one by one we'll show them of his truth. Marquise could still feel the ghost of Bori's touch when they carried his body back through the gates of Morgothrone. He, along with thousands of their people, had been slain before the walls of the so-called White City, and only stragglers survived to cart the dead home on the backs of their Tarki. Great was Marquise's relief when she saw Bori's still, ashen-gray face. His body had returned, and perhaps that might be enough. Oh, is she going to try to, like, resurrect him?
0: Aw, dang. I,
1: I hope so. That's creepy and cool. <laughs> oh, she is gonna. All right. For three days and three nights, Marquis prayed at the feet of Morgoth's statue. Bori's body she stretched out on a pallet nearby, his cold hands clasped over the wound made by a horseman's spear. Those darn Rohirrim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh She appointed Bori's... She anointed Bori's eyelids, chin, and dimpled cheeks with her own blood shed daily an offering to the lord of all. Her forearms grew stiff with half-heeled cuts, her throat parched and hoarse for lack of water, and her eyes felt coarse beneath sleepless lids.
0: Plot twist. She dies, and then they both wake up in the afterlife. And it's Romeo and
1: Juliet, but creepier. But
0: creepier! Yes. Actually, the I think the original was pretty creepy. But I wouldn't know, because I failed high school. Right.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, so in, in Romeo and Juliet, like...
0: All I saw was the, the movie with the gnomes. <laughs> I don't think I'm they killed themselves that's in that. i a great movie. I, I doubt no. they
1: commit suicide in that, though. No,
0: it was great.
1: I don't remember how Romeo and Juliet happens, though. It's either the boy commits suicide because he thinks the girl's dead, but she's not yeah, actually. And she,
0: like, wakes up and she's like, he's dead, I must yeah. kill myself so that way wake up. I think that's how wake it happens. Up. Yeah. And then eventually it stops working and they both die. Tears. And it's like... were they young weren't
1: they Mm -hmm. well I think they were like like 15 or 16 or something like that in the original one bro
0: graduate high school first like
1: it's like taking high school crushes to a new level
0: (laughs) all I did was brush my hair for a dude like that was middle school (laughs) so much work (laughs) so much work
1: I was gonna say that wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) at first Marquise was calm and steadfast she had been a faithful handmaiden of the lord of all for nearly 15 years now Even if, as only a newly avowed priestess, eternal life was not within her right to ask, surely Morgoth would at least see fit to restore Bori to her for one lifetime. Please, Marquise whispered between repetitions of the ritual chants, please, just one lifetime is all I ask. Come dawn on the morning of the fourth day, Bori's body still remained cold and unmoving on the altar steps. Outside in the city, Marquise could hear the wailing of widows, so many widows and smell the stench of re- neglect. The great Khan had fallen in battle, and rumors were spreading of a king named Alisar taking up the long-abandoned throne in Gondor. With runes so weakened and the west now strong, it would only be a matter of time before this Alisar turned his attention toward his conquered foes. The west would spread their will like a plague, and Marquis was beginning to lose faith. If Morgoth could not or would not even restore one devoted servant to fight in his name, Then how could he possibly secure a rune? In her starved, incense-scented trance the night before, Marquis had seen visions of the towering black statue of Morgoth being pulled down into dust. The temple would come to ruins, and soon the name of Eru, the False One, would rustle in the dust like a scavenger. That was when Marquis, half-sick with hunger, exhaustion, and painted with her own dried blood, had remembered. There was a hermit, a supposed healer by the name of Talando, Cool. That's Who was said freaking to Freaking awesome. Yes, it is. Who was said to be able to mend any hurt, even death. He lived alone deep within the quiet forest at the roots of the Orocarni Mountains. So for context, he's one of the five wizards like Gandalf and Saruman. Wizards. Yes. He's yes. one of the two that went into the east. And
0: they eat it out of there.
1: Yes. But nobody i don't think tolkien ever really said Mm -mm. what happened to them there were some speculation that they basically ended up starting to worship morgoth too um so i don't know if this story follows that or something else but we would find out few ever spoke of him and for good reason whenever the name palando was mentioned it was a curse eternal life was the third gift of morgoth awarded to his chosen disciples the only other force through which immortality might be achieved was through Eru. If this Palando could cure a death, and he was not a known follower of the Lord of All, then there could only be one other god whom the Hermit served. To even consider seeking his aid would be to betray the faith Marquis had lived by for nearly fifteen years. Morgoth had forsaken them first, Marquis decided. The east had fallen and soon the temple would follow. Rather than await such a fate, Marquise made the only other choice she could. Taking one of the temple's now-neglected kine, she lashed Bori's body to the beast's back. Surrounded by the wailing of widows and the emptiness of a failing city, Marquis left Morgothrone behind forever. What point was faith if its only reward was a broken promise?
0: I like that line.
1: It is cool. She has a lot of really good lines She does, this. she does. It was the first time Marquis had ever been beyond the walls of Morgothrone. The land beyond was sparse and grey, shrubs poked resentfully up here and there across the hillsides, but otherwise nothing grew to sustain a hungry traveler. Marquis had taken food and a water skin from the temple stores before leaving, though. And the iron grey peaks of the Orakani Mountains rose before her on the eastern horizon, keeping them as her guide. Marquis managed to lead her beast and its burden east until they reached the edge of Morroth's Vale. She did not enter the vale. Instead, Marquise kept the mountains on her left and turned south. The quiet forest was two days' walk from there, and by the time Marquise saw the blue-gray stain of trees, she was so weak and tired that she was leaning more against the Kine's hairy side than leading it. Only the sickly sweet scent of death emanating from beneath the blanket on the Kine's back kept her going. That's nasty. That's nasty. Yeah, He's probably rotten by now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so if he does resurrect him, he's going to be like a zombie, though.
0: Plot twist! <laughs> <laughs> it begins and the Middle-Earth Apocalypse. Yes.
1: They did not have much time left. Soon, Bori's body might not even be fit for him to live out a single lifetime in. I think it's already there. Mm. If it's stinking like that. The quiet forest was an eerie, almost solemn place. Oddly enough, it reminded Marquis of the Temple of Morgoth. White birds flitted from branch to branch, their, their wings silvery, and the... Oh, wait... Wirelight? I've never heard that before. I
0: have no clue.
1: I mean, I, I'm pretty it's sure that's W-E-I-R. a real word.
0: E I R.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anyway, in that light of the twilight through the forest canopy, they did not sing, not even when Marquis passed directly underneath. Velvety moss carpeted the forest floor, and with each footfall, pools of dark water seeped upward to fill in her prints behind her. So it's kind of a swamp. I guess. Uh, beyond the forest, it had been a rather temperate evening, but in here the, ch- the air chilled Marquise, raising goose flesh along her arms and the nape of her neck. The unwashed black sleeves of her kaftan robe caught on bushes with sharp thorns, and soon the embroidered runes of a priestess were shredded to ribbons. Behind Marquise, the kind abruptly stopped and stiffened. Its nostrils flared, and the deep snort it let out echoed in the closeness of the forest something was wrong. Marquise tightened her grip on the halter and held her breath. Nothing moved, not even the white birds. What Marquise had previously thought to be a deer skull on the far side of a thorn bush suddenly reared up on high. A terrible sound like twisting wood and breaking bones filled the air as a creature unlike anything Marquise had ever seen unfolded long, bark-gray arms. Antlers on either side of the creature's deer skull head reached nearly 11 feet high, so sharp that they rasped like stone along the underside of branches as it approached. The sight was terrifying, and Marquise was appropriately terrified. Now, this is interesting because... I think this is, like, a forest spirit thing. Oh. Um.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah. I guess we'll find out. The kine now panicked, pulled fiercely on the rope in its desperation to flee. If it runs, it will take Bori with it, thought Marquise through the haze of fear. She had a little knife on her belt, not enough to defend herself against such an otherworldly foe. Instead, Marquise cut the rope which secured Bori's body to the kind's back. Bori fell with a soft thump onto the moss below. Now free to run, the kind did not look back. It left Marquise alone to crouch protectively over Bori's body, fully expecting to join her husband in a Morgoth-forsaken death. The creature reached out toward her with long, bony talons, the dark voids of its skull-like eyes empty and unmerciful. I like that line, too. hmm Ah, uh, there's a weird noise here that <laughs> I'm not going to try to mimic, but it's like, hurry. It's, it's a bird. Uh, a sound like the cry of a kawara bird cut through the forest, sharp and bright. In its wake, the gloom took on a sudden blue light, as if a full moon shone beneath the forest's boughs. The creature paused faltered then turned away it slid behind a nearby tree and was gone as suddenly as it came the only proof of its existence the water-filled tracks it left behind in the moss clutching bori's shrouded head to her chest marquise Ooh. looked about wildly for an explanation oh yeah his rotting <laughs> head i didn't <laughs> yeah, think about that you made that noise and i was like why
0: why this is totally yeah. normal but
1: then i thought about it and yeah that is kind of gross
0: that's yeah, nasty
1: she found the explanation in the form of an old man he was wreathed in fading silverly light but beyond that he was nothing much to behold garbed in a faded blue thaub robe and belt laden with various pouches and oddities he brought to mind the old herbalist who occasionally bartered remedies on the steps of the temple of morgothrone he leaned on a staff of twisted wood and his long gray beard was woven with painted bone beads the old man eyed Marquis with a knowing half-smile, as if he already knew who it was and what she sought. Puh, Marquis's throat was so tight from thirst and nerves she had to try again. Palando? The old man nodded, leaning on his staff. Yes, I've been called that, as well as Roma Stemo. I don't know how to pronounce that one, because that's that's his other name. Oh, um, I didn't
0: know he had other names. I can barely remember his actions. Actually. Yeah, I think
1: that one is is the name that he. That's the Easterling name that he was given, and then Palando is like his Gandalfy name.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. So like, okay, I get it. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure though that Alatar, the other blue wizard, his name is even more difficult to pronounce. Double but Shock I don't remember.
0: Tolkien's like okay. I've spilled my alphabet spaghettios. <laughs> There's, yeah. a name. There's a man. There's a name? I
1: found one. He's just, like, stirring his spaghettios, uh-huh. and he's, like, <laughs> waiting for it to form words. Uh, so his name is Romastama, or Ithryn Lewin when I'm with my brother. I, that's elvish, but I don't know what that means. Mm. Um, Lewin Arid Lewin. So, I think that might be blue. It's blue. I think Lewin is blue, because Arid Blue and it is the blue mountains, I think. But I don't remember. Someone's gonna comment and be like, You're wrong, you know nothing.
0: <laughs>
1: Marquis gestured toward the tree where the creature had dis j- I can't talk. Had disappeared. What was that? A tour fair, a forest spirit. I was right. You and I invented that. that too.
0: You did? I am
1: so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. Um I would say that he doesn't seem to like you, but then his kind rarely like anyone. Palando beckoned Marquis toward him. Come, you look like you could use some good feeding and drink. A lot you lot from the temple have always been too keen to harm yourselves in the fallen one's name. So yeah, the Torfair thing um was in Sands of Rune and it was it was basically like an eastern version of Ents, kind of, but twisted by Sauron.
0: Ooh. Is, so it, is it twisted?
1: I, I hadn't decided that. Um, basically, it was like...
0: freaking awesome.
1: Well, they were like a different species, was my thought. Oh. Um, and they were kind of like the tree protectors in the east.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but they were a lot more aggressive and mean than ants and creepier gotcha. looking too. <laughs> Polando brought Marquis and Bori's body to a cave, the mouth of which was hidden behind a thick copse of black pine trees. The cave itself was homey enough... There was a number of pieces of handmade furniture, as well as jars in which fireflies bobbed, casting a faint golden glow across the shelves and the rocky walls. Marquis sat tightly on a rough stool, fingers pressed around a mug of clove tea. Bori lay nearby on a log bench, still in his shroud.
0: That's nasty.
1: <laughs> that part's really grossing you out, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's dead!
1: <laughs> I mean, Yes. I will give you an arrow, anything you ask, if you only grant us what Morgoth did not. The Lord of all was false, and so I will not ask that you honor his promise of eternal life. Just bring Bori back to me, and we will serve you for the rest of our lives, however you wish. Marquise, and Bori's
0: like, um, actually, I- I'm okay.
1: <laughs> he just sits up. He's like, I'm good. I'm Bye. Marquis spoke quickly, looking Palando directly in the eye. A forsaken priestess she may be but she was here to bargain, not beg. Palando sat listening in his rocking chair, a firefly jar held in his lap. When he spoke, it was firmly, yet with gentleness. Daughter of Rune, I cannot grant you what you seek. Why not? asked Marquise, both in anger and despair. Because, said Palando, death is, in a way, a gift. The doom of man, as Eru Ilivartar decreed it. Mortal death is your right. One that Melkor had, had never had the power to forestall in the first place. But I don't understand, said Marquis, weeping. How can it be a gift to keep Bori from me, and I from him? Your arrow must be cruel indeed to consider that a gift. No, not at all. Polando rose, carrying a firefly jar over to where Bori lay. The old wizard began to undo the shroud. Okay, that's kind of gross. He's going to be like, all like Nice. Marquise moved to protest, but when Bori's face was revealed, she stopped short. There was a look of peace on Bori's gray, lifeless face, one which she had not seen throughout her entire vigil in the temple. Her beloved was dead, but his repose was that of one beyond pain or fear. To wake someone so peaceful seemed selfish now, as seen by the light of a tiny midnight sun. Well, so I guess maybe he didn't. Maybe, maybe she like put preservatives in the shroud. That's very or something. possible yeah.
0: because she probably knew how to do that.
1: I don't know why we're so focused on that.
0: Because he's dead. Oh, but
1: he's so happy and he's at peace. That's what we should be focused on, not that he stinks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, be yeah, yeah. Well, because it would have been because he was like fighting and stuff, so he was, like sweating, and then it. Well, they clean all that bodies when they well, not when there's that many.
1: Well, but she probably, she probably did. did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. He's peaceful and dead, and peaceful and yes. dead and dead.
1: You see," said Polando. "Yes," whispered Marquise. "I see. They buried Bori at the foot of a weeping willow tree. I love those. Those are cool. Very cool. I had one in my yard when I was a kid,
0: yeah, and I would always it
1: climb it. But died. then it rotted. Yeah, like it. The like, inside of it hollowed out, and then the whole tree just kind of like broke.
0: <laughs> it's just like not him. He's
1: done. No, I think it was infested with bugs. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> that's not the point, Faith, no.
0: Everything is dead.
1: There he slept undisturbed until the day when, many years later, an old healer woman rumored to have been mentored by the blue wizard himself was buried beside him. Beyond the quiet forest, the world of Middle-earth turned toward a new age, and the days of peace eventually lengthened in both east and west. The names of Bori and Marquis were lost to the passing of the years, but only the one who but the one who some once called Palando remembered them still in that way the lovers of rune did gain some small measure of immortality beyond death for nothing remembered is ever truly lost and even the briefest of lives can echo on undying in the hearts of those who remain
0: i like that line
1: that whole ending that whole
0: yeah that was was, really good that was really good
1: so that's it that is undying that
0: is that was really good that's why I won really
1: it was phenomenal very yeah, well done
0: that definitely deserved it
1: yep I actually forgot how good it was I'm glad yeah. I got to read it again
0: well and sometimes reading it out loud can make it so much better yeah for sure because you actually pay attention to the little details not that I would know because I don't read out loud because you don't read it out loud you <laughs> but make like me listen, read out loud like sitting here listening to it it's like wow I'm actually I'm being forced to slow down and think about take it take it all in
1: kind of helps you picture everything too
0: Deadness and rottingness. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he wasn't though, so
0: He was dead.
1: Yeah, but he wasn't rotting. Yet. Yet. But we won't think about anyway. that.
0: Anyway.
1: Anyway, that was Undying by Green Scholar Tales. Yes. I hope you all enjoyed it.
0: Yes. Go follow her. Vote on her stuff.
1: Yeah, because all of her stuff is like this level of quality. It's, it's really good.
0: Yeah. Um dwarfs.
1: Oh, right. So, um.
0: There were dwarves.
1: Yeah, there were dwarves that lived in the Orokarni Mountains or the Red Mountains. Where is that? It's in Rune. Okay. Uh, It mentioned it here. She went basically to those mountains and then she went south along. Where
0: is that, like, from the sea? Because I know where the Sea of Rune is, but.
1: It is. Is
0: it on, like, the far.
1: It's southeast of the Sea of Rune. South. See, this is why I should have a map actually up in here. Yes. So I can picture <laughs> this stuff better. But it's okay. southeast of the Sea of Rune. And there were dwarves that lived there. Okay. Um, it's a, it, I don't think Tolkien talked about them that much either, but there were rumors that they basically started worshipping Morgoth and became mm. evil dwarves. So Well
0: that makes sense since they were over there. Right,
1: and that's why they didn't help in the war.
0: Oh. So they so just kept themselves through that? They didn't Probably. Yeah, both. I don't think
1: there's a whole lot of information. Okay. On them. Um but yeah. And actually, Oros and the Corsairs of Oros the Ileander is riding. Yes. Is our dwarf from there. so.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Eels.
1: That's another story that's completely unrelated. But um, it's
0: also good.
1: I really want to call her out and tell her to keep riding it. But <laughs> keep riding it. Yes. You I, I kind of just did by saying talk, that. Though.
0: Let's talk about what we've been writing on without promising anything because
1: sure yeah what have you been working on like five different things at once
0: tell us all five (laughs) but don't Um, promise anything is coming out because if you do that you won't ever look at it again
1: right that's what i tend to do um so on the lord of the rings front i have been writing a alternate universe um so defenders of middle earth is my main series this one is like if everything went horribly wrong in (laughs) that um basically sauron gets the ring back um everything goes to crap um but that i've been working on that um i've been in the like very early planning stages for a fourth age book um right but i'm not going to go into detail about that because i don't know if it's not there yet yeah i don't know if it's ever going to follow through or anything and then i've been working on two of my original works so nice yes uh one of those is the last born which is my first lord of the rings fan fiction which is awful um
0: the story's really good but the, the writing the is writing. horrible like you are, i yeah. you were 18
1: uh actually? yeah i had just turned 18 when yeah. i started writing it um
0: because i was 16 and yes very new to wattpad
1: but yeah, the writing sucks in it, so I am rewriting it in like an original fantasy world, uh, but it's a slow process. And then I'm also working on... What is the other thing I'm working on? Oh, there's another fantasy book in that same universe that's just completely new that I had started in NaNo last year. Um, oh. Rimo is a writing contest um, where you have it. to write. Yes. and
0: it'll... It'll come up. It's it's really it's good to start planning for it now, which is what I've been trying to do. You okay. basically try and write fifty thousand words in the month of November. Um, you can do it a little slightly different, but do it by hours in case you're at the point where you're editing a book. I haven't done that, um, but yeah, that's basically what it is. And if you just type in NaNoWriMo, the site will pop up.
1: Yes. But it's a good way to motivate yourself to keep writing. Yes. Um, so I wrote, I think, five chapters of this book in last year's Nano Um
0: We both failed NaNo yes. ethnically last year. I think I
1: got 15,000 words. It was really bad.
0: I don't even think I did that. But I had just... I moved up here in... October. Uh, yeah, the end of October. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were kind rough. of all over the place with yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I have no excuse. I just did not feel motivated to write. (laughs) Um, But that's what I've been working on. Yes,
0: I have been working on the same thing I've been working on since 2017. Um, So I have the Younger Prince posted on Wattpad. That is an old version. Um, I am kind of rewriting it. A lot of it's a lot of the story's gonna stay the same, but I'm adding there there was I got some critiques back and it needs help. Um, I'm also renaming it, so it is now gonna be called the Baseborn Prince, thanks to Caleb giving me that idea. Yeah, I wasn't gonna take credit for it um, because I've taken credit, credit for a lot of things you, this. Episode, <laughs> <laughs> so. No, you you get credit for that. Um so I'm hoping to get it rewritten and then hopefully posted on Wattpad. I'm hoping by the end of the year, but we shall see. Of course, now, if this quarantine goes on for terribly long, it might be sooner. Yes,
1: um, I hope so, because it's good. It's really good. It used um, to be on Wattpad, right? Is it, is it still?
0: It's still, but it's an old version. Um, yeah, so
1: wait to read until she brings out the new version, and yes, it's going to be really good.
0: Yes. Thanks. Let's hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it will be.
0: Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been working on. I've considered picking up, because I had a sequel for... The Return, kind of, I had an idea um, for that, kind of doing it, the bad guy in that, kind of doing it, uh, showing how he got there, basically.
1: Right, and The Return is...
0: Lord of the Rings fan fiction. It takes place in the fourth age. Um, The lore is a little off. I was new to the fandom, um, and I still had Legolas in Markwood, but it's like 40 years from the fourth age. So there's some, forgive me for some of that, I was, I, I don't, I think I read the books, but I wasn't quite, um, up to date on all that, so I might go back and edit, because I could easily, I don't know, maybe go in and give some excuse to why he's in Mirkwood instead of, what is that, what is that called, why am I blanking, where he's supposed Ithilian? to be? Italian. Yes. 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 Um... But anyway, I don't know if I'll end up doing that. I want to write more fan fiction because it is fun.
1: It is, and it's a good relaxation from, like,
0: original stuff sometimes. It is. Because there's so much less pressure. For sure. But.
1: So anyway, that's what we've been up to. Um, As we said in the last episode, which was, like, I think, like, six minutes Hmm. long. um, (laughs) We said in that episode that we're going to start interviewing, potentially interviewing people. So, if you are an author and you want to be interviewed, um...
0: Hit us up.
1: Yes, message me on Wattpad, Gareth Orduna Dine, or on Instagram at Chronicles, Chronicles of Fiction. Fiction. And then Sierra is Sylvan Elleth. Yes. Sylvan underscore Elleth yes, on Wattpad. At, on so Wattpad. you could also message her if you don't like me. Okay. <laughs> message me. Right. <laughs> So, anyway, that's it for us, I think. Um, Yeah.
0: That pretty much wraps it up.
1: All right, cool. So, we will see you guys in the next episode. Yes.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.